0: You
1: are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even, your team gon' be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season. Being contenders, we drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your is whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, a 12 plus 6 here. Carson, that was top rookie, I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a Brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up. Today, you heard, <laughs> <Aziz>. <laughs> AJ, I, I see you,
2: Blair. She-, she. Welcome to
1: Anything Daggers Potable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, joined as always by the kid, the legend, Mr. What Him the Fuck Himself. Jay King from The Athletic, Celtics Beat Reporter. And we are coming to you live after the Celtics beat the Miami Heat in Game 5. They are not dead yet, folks. They come out with a 41-point third quarter after a not very good first half. But they actually showed some fight. They played defense. They attacked the paint. And they will survive to play a Game 6 on Sunday. Jay King... Other than getting roasted by Brad Stevens, what was your biggest takeaway from game five Heat Celtics?
2: Ah, uh, the Celtics played with fervor in the second half, just a lot of fervor, fervor everywhere. I thought <laughs> the first half just they tried to win it every single play. Like they, they, thought- they, they were trying to suck dingers. They were they, going for dingers every single time. They were. They were taking home run swings. Brad was probably fuming on the sidelines, probably said to hit singles at least a million times on the sideline. The second half, they played Celtics basketball, as Brad said, in one of the huddles. I think the defense was fantastic. Everything started with defense. Tice was fantastic. He was a big part of that. And then they, they got an offensive flow. And from there, they just kind of rode that wave. It was the first time they didn't collapse in a fourth quarter in this series. So that's a big step. Big, big first step.
1: Well, it they just came out in the third quarter and the defense really led to good offense, but the Heat only scored three points as Jay opens, I believe, is an energy drink right now. Yep. Little but, monster. But the defense was um fantastic. Uh, to open the third quarter and it just allowed the Celtics to get into the rhythm, get some easier baskets. Uh, you get Kemba going to the rim more, you have just more attack in the baskets. And then I think that kind of built up. Um, I was going to say equity later, but that doesn't make any sense, but they still, they got the heat and foul trouble, which actually I think helped them maintain the lead uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, but you're right. Daniel Tice played, Probably outplayed Bam Adebayo tonight, and I don't know if it was uh, Adebayo was hurt or it was just the fact that the spirit of Ennis Cantor inspired Daniel Tice to play that much better. That was my favorite announcing line, maybe ever, maybe ever. It was absolutely obscene. Just recount it for uh, the
2: folks who don't know exactly what we're talking about. It's I mean, the first half Ennis Cantor came in. Played some pretty good minutes. The defense obviously was an issue, but he scored a few times, energized the Celtics offense that really needed some energizing. I thought Cantor did his job. Second half, Daniel Tice starts playing a lot of great defense, and Mark Jackson <laughs> Mark Jackson decides that it's Ennis Cantor who deserves the credit because he played well enough that Daniel Tice knew he could be sat on the bench if he wasn't playing well. So Cantor really deserved the credit for the, the entire second half run, even though he was barely a part of it. Daniel Tice had not considered that playing good defense was an option
1: until uh, D- uh Ennis Cantor showed him that he could, you know, smoke some bunnies, get some offensive rebounds. Ennis Cantor did play a pretty strong like stint in the first half. He had four straight points, um, had some classic Ennis Cantor moments. He wasn't atrocious on defense. Um Just, I think it's like classic Heat-Celtics first half where it's just very ugly, kind of battle it out in the first. Um, But absolutely insane to give Cantor credit for the defense that Tice played in the third quarter. Um, (laughs) Like, Tice was flying around at a number of blocks. Like, that is not inspired by Ennis Cantor whatsoever. Maybe you can give credit for Tice being in the middle of the zone and, like, being able to shoot more and more willing to shoot. Um, But... It was just – I thought the Celtics did a much better job of attacking the paint. I mean, it seems very simple. Game three, they won points in the paint. They had, I think they had 60 points in the paint. Uh, and it felt like the first half of this game, they struggled to get into the paint. They struggled to attack the rim. In the second half, um, whether it was started by their defense or getting downhill or just their ball movement um, – or just having a guy like Daniel Tice shoot the ball when he catches it in the zone. It just felt like everything was moving inside out and the, the Celtics did a much better job of, of getting in the paint and getting the heat in foul trouble. I thought fouls were kind of a bigger story in this game ended up free throws being 29, 29, both ways. I think there were some atrocious calls uh, on both sides of the ball kind of affecting teams uh, similarly, but the, the heat were in foul trouble. And I think it, um, affected how they played uh, down the stretch. And it, it was a huge reason why the Celtics were able to maintain the lead they did uh, throughout that fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, I, I thought the Celtics, unlike games one and two, when they got a lead and just kind of laid off, they kept going. Jalen Brown hit back-to-back threes from the corner, decided to blow out the, the kiss that he loves to do so much. He's a big kiss blower, major kiss blower.
1: He's an affectionate man. And when he gets pumped and jacked, he like likes to show that love the people.
2: Major kiss blower. He, I mean, those two guys, Tatum and Brown, were just fantastic in the second half. They combined for 39 points. I don't know what's going on with Tatum in the first halves of these games. He has seemed lefarious.
1: He doesn't like, I feel like there's a number of times where they run that play where it's him coming off to the side and he has the corner on Jay Crowder and he just doesn't go to the rim. And I don't know why it like kind of changes that for him in the second half, but he seems much, much more willing to attack and just get into the paint. And frankly, sometimes he throws up some nonsense, just trying to get uh, a foul called and it works for him a lot, but it seems like, why doesn't that work in the second half? I don't think refereeing has just changed dramatically, but it definitely seems like him being more aggressive, uh, in the second half is a, is a noticeable pattern. The interesting thing about the um, post-game press conferences is I think Jalen Brown said um, Kemba Walker during halftime, his main, his main message to the team was actually to calm down because their intensity was there. It was just too chaotic in the first half where they were trying to do too much, but they, if they calm down focused and actually kind of like concentrated energy, uh, which allowed them to succeed there in the second
2: half. Yeah. I thought that was, the perfect message from Kemba Walker. The first quarter especially, they just seemed like like really they wanted to win the series with every shot. I think 11 of their first 12 shots were threes, and some of those were just not their typical shots. Like Tatum had a shimmy pull-up three, which he's really great at off the dribble threes. That's not what he does. Kemba had like a standstill three that it was like – wasn't a catch and shoot, wasn't off the dribble going downhill, just doing some weird, weird stuff in that first quarter where it seemed like like they all wanted to win so badly that they were just screwing up. Um, They've shot 5 of 20 from the field in the
1: first quarter, only scored 18 points, meaning they scored more than 100 points in the next three quarters, and most of that came in the second half. But you're at the first quarter was ugly and... I mean, the second quarter wasn't that much better. They actually ended up winning the quarter, but they still went into halftime down seven. uh, And it just like completely changed the second half. But I think it really started on the defensive end. You did not have Tyler Hero exploding for points. Uh, It felt like the Miami went more to Jimmy Butler as the kind of the primary creator. And it didn't seem that successful. Um, The fucking Sorry for the profanity. There. That was unintentional. It was necessary, too. Just a random F-bomb. It was. But you don't want to know why? Because I was bringing up Goran Dragic, uh, the most infuriating player in the league. Though. We
2: predicted before the series that he was going to infuriate gonna, you. And,
1: and he you. absolutely did. He was the, basically the entire Heat offense in the second half. Uh, he finished with 23 points. But other than that, it wasn't a huge offensive performance from the the heat you did not have hero going off it felt like they lost duncan robinson a number of times in the first half but duncan robinson was basically not a factor in the second half whatever they did uh defensively in the second half it just the the heat were the ones making the very dumb turnovers and i don't know if that's just because they are up or that the celtics they definitely celtics definitely increased their ball pressure but it seemed like the heat were the ones making pretty uncharacteristic turnovers especially to start the third and then other than uh, Goron, they really couldn't create offense after that.
2: Yeah. And I thought some of the defense on Duncan Robinson early was, was like Jalen kind of said, the the chaotic, the energy was chaotic. They fouled three point shooters twice. Once Duncan Robinson, when, when Tatum was just scrambling to get back to him. Once, I think it was Kemba on Jay Crowder, which especially the way Crowder has been shooting, you probably don't want to foul him on a three. So the, that was like mistakes of over excitement maybe over zealousness whatever you want to call it the celtics were very sharp in the second half and i he like they they missed some looks that are pretty good robinson went really cold he mm-hmm. went 0 for 5 i thought it, it was obvious though the celtics were like really really trying to make those possessions difficult for the heat. And even when the heat got a semi open shot, it was after a tough possession and it was with a guy running at them rather than, you know, earlier in the series and especially in parts of the fourth quarters of some of these series, some of these games, it's been the heat getting open and the Celtics just kind of shrugging their shoulders and, and letting it happen. Uh, I, I thought the the energy from the Celtics defensively was just great and helped impact some of the heat misses, even though three for 18, you know, no matter what defense you're playing, they probably won't do that again like they did in the second half from the three-point arc. What
1: well, also helped that they actually closed out possessions. Like game four, it felt like the Heat got a crazy amount of offensive rebounds, only six tonight for the Heat. The Celtics really did a good job of playing defense and like making every single possession difficult, um, as you said, and not letting basically – not letting Hero get off, not letting Dragic get off. And then Jimmy Butler, like, wasn't fantastic at night. He did have eight assists, eight rebounds, but it just felt like he wasn't, um, like, fantastic, which uh, pretty much
2: the Heat needed him to be. Just three Um, points for him in the second half.
1: Which is huge, because I actually felt like in the second half they went to him more often, and they like he was the primary uh, kind of focal point of their offense. And then, uh, late in the game, after Dragic fouled out, the Heat really didn't have much of a... Uh, creator, I don't know like what was going on with Bam tonight, but he didn't like there was no, I don't know if it was like his left arm was hurt at all, but no, um, dunks from him. He didn't feel like he was my, as much of a playmaker playing from the nail, which is the cool basketball term He had eight assists. I didn't, it, it didn't feel like eight assists though. Yeah. And that, I think that's the important part.
2: Yeah. I, Bam has been dominant in this, in parts of this series seemed like the Celtics shut off some of the easy looks that he's had. The the pick and roll coverage on him was was much sharper. He didn't have, you know, that a stretch where he had dunk after dunk after dunk. Everything for him was seemed a little tougher. Um I just think the Celtics overall, especially in the second half, their their defensive performance was was really sharp and you could tell like from the ball pressure to the rotations on the back end. Tice had some some great plays. One obvious goaltend that the refs missed.
1: Oh yeah, that was that was atrocious. That was right off the backboard.
2: Hell of a hell of a missed call.
1: Horrible officiating the entire evening. Just some horrendous calls going both ways. Just uh I might I might save it for my one of my potable six packs, but just some. Terrible, terrible stuff from the referees tonight. Uh, luckily, it was even. No teams can complain. Luckily, no team has to file a formal complaint with the league like uh, other teams in the NBA. But uh, I thought it was
0: a, a just a terribly officiated game. Hey, I'm Taz Mellis of No Dunks on The Athletic. Do you want to walk into a room with your chest puffed out, your neck long, and your shoulders broad? Of course you do. For me... Getting clothes that fit properly can give me the confidence I need to do just that. Indochino hooked me up with the gear that fits perfectly. I dreaded getting dressed for my Zoom meetings, but now I change for each one with a big smile on my face. I did a virtual fitting on Indochino's slick website for them to get my measurements. I didn't have to talk to a single human. There are so many options. Here are a few I chose. A long shirt because i tuck it in i got a no dunks monogram and i decided against the shirt pocket i sincerely did not think that custom fit clothing was this affordable and all customizations are included in the cost the website keeps your measurements on file so you never have to re-enter them the best part indochino suits start at just 2.99 with all customizations included indochino is a no-brainer if you're getting married visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment like I did and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter code TAS, not ass, TAS, T-A-S at checkout. That's Indochino.com promo code TAS talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually,
2: we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and an ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com Celtics and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Celtics today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com Celtics. GetRoman.com slash Celtics.
1: Let's get in. To the potable six pack, the greatest segment in all of podcasting. It's where Jay and I pick the six best moments, things, anything from the uh night's game. Jay, I will let you go first. Um, and if you don't pick yourself, I will pick that in the first round. So uh the floor is
2: yours. Ennis Cantor's tan. Ooh, good pick. <laughs> and his Cantor's tan is outrageous. That man has been spending a lot of time at the pool, apparently. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. They, they don't have anything else to do. These players, they go to the gym, they work out, and then they have a lot of hours to themselves in a bubble with no real forms of entertainment. Cantor looks like he has been on a chaise lounge for the entire two and a half months The Celtics have been in the bubble. But then then he got in, and he had a legitimately helpful stretch that kind of righted the Celtics' offense when they really needed it. If he had made a couple bunnies, it would have been a huge stretch for him. He missed a couple bunnies right at the end of his stint, but he was helpful. He was tan, just beautiful, beautiful tan on that man.
1: Now... Does he have a built-in tan advantage being from Turkey? Ennis
2: Tanter. What, what a comment by Joey Angus.
1: Now, like, I don't know if he's necessarily been out in the sun more, but, like, I feel like being from Turkey, he has ability to get tanner. And this is based on nothing at all, just pure um, nonsense. But my belief is that, like, him and Gordon Hayward spend the amount, same amount of time in the sun, Ennis is going to get uh, more tan.
2: Another another great comment from somebody. Twenty seven. Rick C. Twenty seven. Dude, his impact was pissing off Tice. What what a line inspired from inspired Tice. Legendary line from Mark Jackson.
1: All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, for my first pick is uh, it's got to be the back to back Jalen Brown threes in the fourth quarter. Brad called a, a kind of a proactive timeout and then immediately. First play, ATO, Jalen Brown gets a three in the corner. Next play, Jalen Brown gets a three in the corner, and it starts blowing kisses. Just an absolutely absurd performance from downtown Jalen Brown. Um, You'll love to see it. It's fantastic stuff. Um,
2: My second pick is the war on Tice. We saw one of the You're a liar. You're a liar. You said your first round pick was going to be one thing, and then you didn't. But then you
1: didn't pick it, and then I was going to save it for the finale because it felt like a, I was actually thinking as a host, like, oh, this will be a fun way to wrap up the podcast, talk about kind of the go. extraneous thing. So my second pick is going to be the late war on Tice. We saw battles. We saw back and forth. Um, the one foul call on Tice where he basically was leaning back and Gor- that Goran Dragic drew the foul where he was fully leaning forward was absolute bullshit, like one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Tice then goes and gets a huge putback, gets a call, called on him, and then basically just takes a knee directly to the groinal region, which in no way probably should have been a foul on Goron, uh, as much as I hate uh, the Balkan Warrior there, but that actually fouls out Dragic, and I I can't say his last name. It's very infuriating, but fouls out... Dragicchio. um, but like that's just the war on Tice going both ways. That's kind of uh, a wild to see there. You just bad refereeing, but it, all of that happened basically in four consecutive possessions. It was wild to see. War is traumatic, folks. It was uncomfortable for everyone.
2: Yeah, that's that's fair. I think it's my turn now. Uh, I do want to alert the people that Packard used a Ticonderoga pencil today. He has the Ticonderoga. He has made the upgrade. The Ticonderoga Celtics are now one and zero. That's undefeated in the Packard Ticonderoga era. So big, big move. Uh, my f- my second pick, <laughs> Udonis Haslam speech in the heat. <laughs> it had no impact on the game whatsoever. I was I was frightened watching it, and I was also inspired. I, I was ready. To get out there and play 48 minutes of balls-to-the-wall, relentless basketball. If Udonis Hazem had given me that speech, my team, we, we would not have lost. I would have... And you don't play defense. You're not a I, defensive guy. <laughs> I would have morphed into Michael Jordan with that speech. I don't know what he said. I have no clue what he said. But just seeing the way he delivered that message, that is just intense that's intense. his full-time job at this point he's just like a
1: pump up he's never gonna see the floor is he even a coach or is he an actual player oh he's a player he had
0: how he many minutes played. on the floor
1: has he how many dnps did he get is he 80 82 of 82 well i guess they didn't play a full season but that's basically his entire job is to give that speech in that moment and he did it
2: a few times on the bench, and he was just stewing because the Celtics kept up their run, and he was stewing. Haslam, that was an electric, electric speech. I need to be in a Udonis Haslam speech at some point in my life. That is now on my bucket list. I just need to hear it. Mike him up, do whatever it needs to take. I need the audio from that speech or any Udonis Haslam speech. That's fair. I don't know how that's going to happen for you, but I wish you uh wish you the best in that endeavor. Your final pick. Uh I was going to go with the Celtics second half in general. That's a good idea. That's a good However, pick. however. Duncan Robinson made three 2-pointers in the same game. I'm not two sure two of we'll them. Do that again.
1: Two of them were just fast break layups and like any NBA player should be able to do that. One he just blew by Grant Williams off the dribble, which we were just was not prepared for. I think it was 91% of his shots were from three. Oh, he made
2: four two-pointers.
1: I'm sorry, four two-pointers. Oh, yeah, he had one late where he, I'm pretty sure he got fouled on it, too, like a mid-range
2: pull-up. Yeah, so Duncan Robinson, four two-pointers made. That probably equals his total from the entire season. I um, I love watching Duncan Robinson play basketball. He is constantly moving sharp, sharp cuts can shoot the piss out of the basketball. And every time he does anything inside the arc, I am flummoxed.
1: I see the thing I respect Duncan Robinson, especially on that play where they like showed how much he moved to draw the uh foul on Tatum. Like that is just like very good basketball. You love, like, I can just think of like playing pickup. You love playing with guys who move that much and like that much creativity. For some reason, when Duncan Robinson scores versus when Tyler Hero scores, they're both white boys on the heat. But when Duncan Robinson like scores, it so pains me so much more because at least Tyler Hero seems cool and Duncan Robinson has never seemed cool in his life. And so it just like hurts more from a fan's perspective to have an uncool guy who went to some sort of NESCAC school to want some sort of prep school in high school, just some New England schmuck, you know like that to to hurt you is just painful for me as a guy who went to a new NESCAC school in a new England prep school. You just like, you recognize the do like the goofiness in your own. And it's just, it's not fun, but my final pick Jay, you know, this was coming. Let's take a trip back to yesterday. Um, it's a zoom call. You want to ask about the Celtics fourth quarter defense and brandon chin great celtics pr guy
2: says jay the floor is yours what happens (laughs) so on zoom you have to raise your hand to ask a question on these zoom calls like you raise your hand with a button on zoom so i raised my hand chin called on me it asks you to unmute right i press the unmute button and then zoom informs me my audio has shut down the comp- like a pop up a pop up says your audio is done pop up said the audio is shut down i needed to put in some sort of password for my computer so i'm i'm trying to say the questions i'm trying to put in the password and i'm i'm fuming i'm fuming <laughs> the and so i didn't know But not only does my audio go out, but the audio of the other side goes out. So I can't hear what Chin is saying to me. I can't hear what Brad Stevens is saying to me. And I just figured all sides of the audio are out. I
1: you also Brad Stevens has a mask on right now, so you can't like you couldn't even like lip read what he's
2: saying. Yeah. But he's basically I, like, Jay, do you have a question? Jay's like, what do what do I want to say here? I thought they must've gone to someone else and someone else had asked a question and Brad was answering that, but no, it was, <laughs> it was Nobody. still on me. And I said, what the fuck? Because I was furious just snapping to myself in my apartment and everyone heard it. Everyone That's heard the
1: it. exact moment where your audio kicks back in and you go right to Brad Stevens, just going, what the fuck? <laughs> And Brad Stevens thought it was hilarious. And then your
2: mic cut off after that. So you couldn't even actually ask well, your follow-up question. So I didn't I didn't know that he that he had heard me because I couldn't hear a word that anyone was saying. I didn't know they could hear me until Chin called me after the call and informed me that the whole world had heard me saying, What the fuck?
1: <laughs> and God, what is going want. through your brain through that moment where you're just like, Oh, Oh, God, I'm about to get roasted right now. And then what's going through your brain when you see, I think, uh, Taylor Snow posted the video of Brad reacting. And once you saw it go online, were you embarrassed or were you just like you got to lean in at this moment?
2: It was it was just hilarious. I mean, it was it was the perfect moment because not only did the audio start picking up at the exact moment when I lost my shit and I was furious, but then it was the perfect question to ask about the Celtics 3 1 series deficit. What the fuck was the most appropriate <laughs> question that could have been asked? And I have was- to
1: applaud your ability to actually like do some gonzo journalism, step into it, and like use it in your article on the athletic, which you can subscribe to now. Go to theathletic.com slash anything is One dollar a month, folks. That's a great deal. But you actually use that. And I, uh, you actually uh, were able to talk to Brad afterwards. I think he felt so poorly uh, about your performance that he was able to grant you an interview. But then tonight, after the game, he brings it up again. He says, "Jay, do you is that any questions for me? How does it feel to get roasted
2: again uh, on the Celtic Zoom?" <laughs> I don't think that could have happened to anybody else. No, like, <laughs> like, I'm the only person on the Celtics beat, at least, that that could happen to probably because all the other reporters are more level headed. And if they had been sitting there unable to figure out their Zoom, they probably wouldn't have said, What the fuck? Um, but it was, it was classic. And, and I'm, I'm glad Brad saw the humor in it. He could have been, he could have not found the humor in it. Let's let's be honest. Um, So I appreciate the way he he reacted, even the way he roasted me tonight. I uh, it was it was a glorious moment. Glory to be be fair to
1: Brad. He probably doesn't make that joke if the Celtics don't have a monster second half and come back and win. And so looking forward to Sunday, the Celtics have a game six. Are there any adjustments that the Celtics or Heat need to make or is it just. Hey Celtics you see what you did in the second half let's just do that again like there's is there anything more simple than that there, there's both teams know exactly how the, what they're going to play what the personnel is what other like their teams are capable of how do you see this uh series moving forward i guess going into game 6 on Sunday
2: the Celtics need to do just that they need to continue their defense especially the three point defense the three-point defense was fantastic. The fervor, the fervor—it's your word of the night. <laughs> it is. It, they were they were very fervent out there. They need they need to stay fervent. Um, stay then, fervent. <laughs> one thing they were so bad offensively in the first <laughs> half that Miami didn't even try the zone defense. But then when Miami did try the zone defense, the Celtics were far better against it. I thought Daniel Tice. Being aggressive when he caught it in the middle was, you know, that, that's not something you'd normally think of as an adjustment. But there were a couple of moments in game four when he caught it and was just like deer in the headlights, didn't know what was going on. He threw one pass straight to Jimmy Butler while that was going on. And so him being a threat there, that's an adjustment in itself. And so the Celtics handled that zone a lot better. They, uh, It seemed like they they figured some some things out about how to attack that zone. And I I know that they've still had stretches in this series where they haven't been able to figure it out at all when they've turned it over a lot. But I feel like over the last three quarters of that zone defense, including the second half of game four and then the second half of game five, when they don't turn the ball over, they're getting pretty, pretty good looks against that zone.
1: Yeah, no, and it it involves just attacking the paint, whether the heat are in zone or not. It just feels like when the Celtics are going downhill, um, better things are happening. I think Jason Tatum becomes more effective when he's going to the rim and is able to draw fouls. He had a phenomenal game tonight with 30 and 10, but a lot of that came from the free throw line. And I think his passing becomes that much better and actually opens up the shots uh, and kind of the, the knockdown threes that we saw from Jason Tatum. I think we saw um, some flashes of what Gordon Hayward can do uh, tonight, but I think he can only get better uh, if he is the two-point daddy for a reason. He can get into the paint and create things, and I think that he needs to continue to attack, but I think everything starts, whether or not the Heat are in a a zone offense or man-to-man about getting into the paint and then kind of drive kick, um, working the ball out from there, and then – you're right. It's the defensive intensity uh, and getting up into the ball and creating the, the Celtics were not the ones turning the ball over tonight. It was really the Miami Heat making kind of the the bad decisions. Um, actually, the Heat only had 12 turnovers tonight, but it felt like every shot was difficult for them. And they had some some bad turnovers late, especially that Jimmy Butler pass to no one. Uh, but. I don't know if, if Kemba Walker just needs to tell them to calm down and focus their energy before the game, it would be so much more helpful for the Celtics. If they could just do have a consistent effort for 48 minutes, luckily for them, they kind of had their best three quarters uh, for the final three, rather than in games one and two, where they really uh, uh, folded in the fourth quarter and like started well. And so I, I don't know what the Celtics need to do to kind of play a full 48 minutes. It's going to be tough. The Heat are not going to back down. Hashtag Heat culture. Uh, They're going to be in shape and they're going to uh, give effort throughout. But the Celtics have the formula to play a successful game six and to kind of fully get themselves back into the series. It's just whether or not they're going to have the focus and stop trying to go for dingers for the whole game. Just uh, try to hit some singles, try to slap the ball the opposite field.
2: Yeah, I felt like the second half the Celtics were very decisive with what they wanted to do like it wasn't just that they were driving to the paint like they were driving the paint looking to score and especially Jalen Brown I feel like there was some stretches there in the third quarter where he
1: attacked Uh, one play in transition where it was like he just went at Bam but I think that's like another reason why the Heat were in foul trouble is because the Celtics were attacking to score rather than just attacking for the sake of attack, like getting into the paint or looking to pass. Yeah,
2: I I thought some of Jalen's transition buckets were key in that third quarter run. He, there was, I think, one play where he was guarding Bam at the rim and then beat most guys down the floor for a layup from Kemba. That was like just great, great hustle. And you don't normally talk about hustle on the offensive end, but I, I felt like he really in transition uh, got out, created some, some easy opportunities for the Celtics as, as they were getting started. I think he, what kind of does the, the energy, the straw
1: that stirred the drink and he was fantastic. And Jason Tatum had a very solid third quarter. And basically the Celtics are going to go as far as the two Jays take them. I know Kemba Walker had a pretty solid. The Ticonderoga game. takes him baby. As far as the Ticonderoga takes them as, as far as, as the what the fuck J. King Celtics go. Uh, they are officially one and oh since Jay King swears at a coach in a press conference. I would suggest maybe doing it again on Saturday, but that's just me. Um, but the Celtics I have lived to play another day. They are still down three to two, it's still an elimination game, but they are here, they have the formula, they certainly have a chance uh on Sunday, and so they are going to go into the game game six. Uh, that'll be on Sunday, and we will join you right after the game just like we always have here on anything is potable. Thank you to all the listeners uh, listening on however you listen to podcasts, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify. Thanks to the Periscope folks out there with their questions. Uh, and thank you guys for listening to this episode of anything is potable!
2: What the fuck? <laughs>